Secrets of Adelionaire Revisited, Chapter 7, Be the Bank, Long-Term Goals. When it is obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals. Adjust the action steps. Confucius. What do you do when a potential buyer cannot afford two or $3,000 or more up front? You simply offer financing. That's right. You become the bank. Our economy, for the most part, lives and thrives on debt. Have you ever borrowed money from a bank? You, you may want to be your own bank. You probably want to cash in on long-term income and wealth creation like I do. Someone that wants to buy a property may not have a lump sum of money to give you now. They may be able to pay you a little bit of money each month for several years. Yes, several years. Most people can and will come up with $39.69 or $239 per month. This is one technique that has changed my entire financial strategy. It truly is as close to passive income as I have ever seen. Do you want a simple little to no money down investment plan that you can apply today? This may be just what you're looking for. <clears throat> Mailbox money. You may recall back in chapter two, we talked about Bill. He bought a streamfront property that we combined. He agreed on a monthly investment of $139. <clears throat> For the first few months, he mailed in a check. I love mailbox money. Many still use the old, this good old-fashioned mail service. After several months, Bill asked if he could change his method and pay for his property, making one investment each year. Of course, I said yes. You'll find there are many that pay by the year, half year, or even fixed dollar amounts that work with their budget and lifestyle. You'll find that it's best if you're flexible and collect your money with the method that is convenient for your buyers. The more flexible you are and easier to deal with, the more others will enjoy doing business with you. More on this later. Within a couple of days, I received Bill's payment, or should I say his payments. Instead of sending in one check, he sent 12 of them. Yes, one post-dated check for each month of the year. And although I didn't expect this, I certainly took them. This was Bill's preferred method for the first three years. At first, I was thinking, how am I going to remember to deposit his checks each month on the correct day? Well, I put his checks in my income folder where I keep my ledger. In addition to my digital records, I keep a handwritten one. Keeping a paper trail, that is, a folder with paper documents, has come in handy more than once. I always have a backup should my electronic files not be accessible at some time, or if and when the internet goes down, or things get deleted or even erased. You may be thinking, but we have our backup in the clouds now, and we will always have access. Maybe, maybe not. I have lost years of backed up files, photos, important documents many times because someone in the clouds were in charge. Bill's checks were actually pretty easy to keep up with. Making a mental note to make a deposit on the 7th of each month was even kind of fun. Somehow you will figure out how not to forget your money. 
After a few years of sending in a year's worth of checks, Bill asked if he could start paying monthly with PayPal. We set him up on automatic payments that has worked very well for all of us. Turns out to be a funny and memorable story. There are many ways to collect your money, and we will be talking about a few more of these. There are so many ways to transfer money. You must make it easy for others to pay you. Kissers. So what's involved with being the bank? The main thing to remember is kissers. Keep it simple, really simple. You do not want to be like those other banks with confusing and complicated paperwork. Yet you do want to collect your money in a similar way that they do. Banks collect non-refundable payments. That's the way you will collect your money too. When you borrow money from the bank, you pay them with a non-refundable deposit or some money down and make monthly installments or payments. Very rarely do you ever get money, any money back from the bank for any reason. You may sell your property in the future and pay off the remaining balance to the bank. The money you have paid them up to this point is theirs to keep, and they will not give it back to you. You will do the same thing with your customers and buyers. Even if your customers stop paying you and you take the property back, you are not required to give them any money back, at least not by the terms of your contract, provided you set it up the way we do. If a traditional bank forecloses on a property, you will usually owe more money than the balance with interest, fees, and penalties. Our paperwork is a lot simpler than those banks and not very harsh when it comes to our terms of redeeming a property from a non-payer should one arrive. You may be thinking, do people stop paying? And the answer is sometimes, not often, and it is usually voluntarily. We talk about life changes earlier, and this does happen to all of us. Occasionally, someone disappears and does not respond to inquiries. The contract we use says, in the event all agreed payments are not paid in a timely manner, i.e. three months in arrears, then the purchasers forfeit all claims to the subject property. The seller may re-enter and take full possession of the subject property. This simple clause can make all the difference. After much sifting, sorting, and separating with what works from what doesn't work, this is what we use. The whole contract is only one page. It's a very simple and easy to understand agreement. Please keep in mind that I am not heartless when it comes to my contracts and agreements. I do not want to take back properties from people when they are going through a tough time in their life. We all have those peaks and valleys that we go through. As you might have gathered, I love quotes. Mark Twain has a few, and one of my favorites is about bankers. He said, A banker is a fellow who lends you his umbrella when the sun is shining and wants it back the minute it begins to rain. You may not want to be that kind of banker. First Property Financed The very first owner financing deal that I did was brought to me from a realtor. The buyer could not get traditional bank financing. He asked if I would possibly carry the financing for a few years. The property was a mobile home and a small cabin, 
on about an acre and a half, uh, a couple of blocks from the lake. I had bought the property along with a few others for back taxes from the county. I only had a, a couple thousand dollars of my own money into the deal, even after some repairs. I took the deal to my real estate attorney. He crafted a contract that was about six or seven pages in length. It pretty much covered all the basics of good, a good seller contract. Everything seemed to be in my favor, kind of like the way the bank does and the way it should be. My attorney suggested a 6.5% interest rate, which seemed appropriate and fair. The buyer had some money to put down. It was enough to pay the realtor, title company, closing fees, enough to get started. Everything was going well. He was making his payments and improving his property. He was also improving his credit. It's very important to have a homeowner's mindset and not tenant buyer's mindset when financing homes. There are a lot more details on the psychology behind this in my book, Landlord Pennies to Banker Dollars. During the term of our contract, the guy had some health issues and had open heart surgery, not once, but twice. Even though he was a veteran and most of his medical expenses were paid, there were still a lot of out-of-pocket expenses their family had to endure. The poor guy went through some really rough times during and after his surgeries. In fact, both times, he went more than three months in a row not making his payments. By our agreement, I could have repossessed and taken back the, the property back legally. I did not. Uh, the last thing I wanted on my conscience was profiting on someone when they were down on their luck. As it turned out, after the down periods, he got back on his feet and somewhat back to normal. He made the back payments and eventually paid off his property according to the agreement. The problem was the six and a half percent interest. We couldn't figure out how much was actually owed. After we looked at a few amortization schedules, we discovered that they were not much help. It reminded me of the payoffs we used to get from the lenders when I was a mortgage broker. Depending on what day of the month a loan was paid off, the lender calculates the interest owed. I used to attempt to calculate and figure out these amounts. Very rarely was I exactly right. The lender may not even know. It seems that more often than not, they just pulled them out of their hat. So what did we do? After finally figuring out an amount we both agreed on, I knew that I did not want to go this route again when someone, something like this happened. So I came up with a strategy that has worked well with all my owner financing deals. Simple 0% interest. We now offer a cash price and a financing price. By charging more over time, you get more and keep more of the monthly payments. It's reasonable and simple math. Let's say you, you owed $100,000 for a property and then you paid $1,000. You now owed $99,000. Simple. This one little technique right here has saved much confusion and probably numerous deals also. It has helped me refine the process. Most people only look at the monthly payments and not 
the total amount they are paying for their property, or almost anything else for that matter. This can make all the difference for you. Do not complicate the paperwork. Confusing and convoluted verbiage does not work. Do not have fine print. It's best to leave the complicated contracts to the bank. For best results, you'll want to make sure everyone understands your term and you are all on the same page. A confused mind always says no. It's way better to have agreements that we all agree on. Fine print, don't do this. By now, you may be latching on to the idea that it is best to keep your entire business simple. While there are many who like to complicate things and act as if they know more than you, your buyers will appreciate you more when you keep things simple. Don't be like those others. Don't let yourself get sucked into the ha's. If you only learn two things from my entire life's work, just remember to create win-win-win deals by kissers. Those two principles can be applied to all aspects of real estate investing. They can also have a tremendous aspect on all your business dealings. These two things have served me well and continue to do so. And you will prosper using this simple formula as well. So how will you set up and structure your business? It's best to decide before you get started. If not, things will be decided for you. The results are by your design are by default because you failed to choose. That is someone else's design for you. Let's look at what this might work best for you and your business in the next session. How you choose to set up your business can potentially make all the difference on your growth and long-term sustainability. There's a free download of my simple contract.